The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody, welcome back again, always to the Basement Binge. This week we watched, I say this word a lot, but my personal favorite movie. is <laughs> <laughs> tagline. Tron, oh my gosh, <laughs> Tron Legacy, and my name is Harrison. And I'm Kelton. And I'm Cade. Yeah, so Tron Legacy, what a super fun movie this was to watch. I'm excited to talk about it. So, of course, always just a little announcements we got to go through. Yeah, uh, it's been social media news, we want to give it. A- Big shout out to Drive With Us Podcast. We want to give a thanks for their mention f- from this past day. They gave a shout out to us to go check out our podcast. So we want to say thank you for that mention. And a little, little bit of history about them. They're kind of a, a podcast that you listen to on, the, on your commute. If, if there's a designated place for out where I would listen to a podcast, it's the car. I don't know about you two guys. Every time. But it's it's where I listen to it. It's where I can find time to listen to what I love love to hear about. But we want to get, give a shout out to them and go check out their latest episode called Minglish. And they're great. Also, if, you fall behind on, if you're falling behind, check out our latest episode on Ready Player One. It was a laugh fest, so go check it out. Yeah, that was. I forgot about that. Lots of fun. Yeah. And as well, um, I know I make like the same announcement every single time. But guys, it's, I'm looking at the numbers right now in our downloads, and it's super cool. So, quick shout out. I don't know where the heck you guys are at or how you found our podcast. But we currently have 13 homies in Canada, 8 in Germany, 4 in Australia, and 3 in Netherlands. You guys are awesome downloading our, our podcast. It is so sick to see that like we got like homies out there just tuning in to the basement binge. So that is way cool. But as to help you guys right, update you guys right now, we're at 369 downloads all time. And just to remind you, we have the goal of 1,000 downloads by the end of the year. So we're moving along, but we still need your guys' help. Like, share it. And if, even if, like, you don't want to share it, it'd be awesome. You guys could go on to... Um, Podchaser.com. Yeah, Podchaser.com and write a, view, a review for us. Or anywhere. Just leave yeah, a review like, anywhere. And it doesn't even have to be just like, oh, you guys are amazing. Like, keep doing your thing. But, like, if you seriously want us to... If you don't like a certain segment or think we think of ideas that we could do better or... I don't know, whatever it may be, just let us know. Like, we're totally open to any kind of feedback and just reviews just so we can make this better. So, yeah, anyways, but keep sharing and we'll reach our goal in no time. So, we got this. Yeah, and last last announcement here before we jump in is that our Kickstarter is launched and we need your help because every single night kickstarter kindly sends me an email to remind me how it's going and every night it says your project is zero percent backed so please (laughs) i'm i don't want to read that ever again so go back to kickstarter anything helps we'd appreciate it helps get some better audio equipment so that my time editing can be decreased significantly yeah even if it's just like 10 cents like something (laughs) like guys guys we all know that like we go out to eat like we just went out to get wendy's like you guys have some change so like just throw like your pennies that you don't care about our way that would be really appreciated yes and there is some rewards that you can go receive by backing the project and be what i'm called in a basement builder so go go get yourself some rewards by backing the project but that's enough boring announcements we will jump into the podcast here again tron legacy this came out and i want to say 2010 should have checked my facts before in 2010 and um, oh, I try. 
Do we have an order here? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So break down the podcast, how it always goes. We start with our two cents, the phrase that we've coined that gives us two minutes of uninterrupted time to talk, give our knee-jerk reactions about the podcast and kind of just share our thoughts without diving super deep into it, just kind of what we felt about it, followed by Picker Poison, which is our personal rating scale, Binge Points, which are fun details or things we notice in the movie that are just fun, and our new name for this segment is Leasts and Likes, which is hard to say, but it's our dislikes or likes from the movie, whether it's a scene or a specific moment or line or whatever, and lastly, Fall In, where we talk about the meanings or messages that we picked up on the movie that have impacted us and talk about how we can be better people because of it how art changes us so let's jump into this thing all right Kate, we get us started with the two cents i'm I'm gonna go first this time you know how go go for it all right two cents tron legacy so the last time i watched this movie was probably right when it came out to be honest so it's been i think nine-ish years since i last saw this movie but i always enjoyed it and Watching this through the second time, it almost felt like I was watching it for the first time because I completely forgot how it ends, and I completely forgot the dopest fight scene in the entire movie. (laughs) They're in freaking planes, and they're just like... It's like the whole concept of the light runners, but in the sky, so it's like, oh, it's so cool. So I definitely really enjoyed the action. But another quick, you know, initial thought... Is the music is incredible with this movie? Oh my gosh! I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, these are all headbangers!" And so I, I think I went out and I bought the album, and I would listen to that like everywhere I went, going to school, like on the bus, just like chilling at home doing homework. And to this day, like I got home like last year from my mission, and like one of the first things I wanted to do was like to listen to the album from Tron Legacy because they're all just so amazing. So I just love the music from this movie, like incredible, and it just goes so. It just sets the tone for like each scene, and ah, it's so awesome. But so this movie, it was great, like tons of twists, and it didn't explain like a like every little detail that would have taken way too long. But man, this this movie was just incredible, and I love how. You were guessing, like, what was going to happen the entire time. Like I said, it's been, like, a long time since I last saw this. But I could not remember at all for the life of me what was going to go down at the end of the movie. So it was great movie to keep you engaged. And, like, it's cool enough you could watch it again. I would hands down, like, love to watch this again. Um, especially if I like, know someone that, like, hasn't seen this movie. That would be so much fun. All right, there's your two minutes. Um, I guess I'll go, I'll go second. Um... 2010, that's when this movie came out, and I didn't realize it's been that long. And I feel like the movie itself was ahead of its time, thinking about movies back in 2010. So this was like a really big breakthrough as far as like, it's like this super 1980s retro, but also this clean cut, just cinematography. And I watched the uh, trailer before we watched it, and I got so pumped. I was like, let's do this. This is a freaking dope movie. And I was just so excited for it because it had there's all these amazing fight scenes that would kept mentioned before, and I wanted just to see the details of like how it worked out, and it, those fight scenes just didn't disappoint. Like I just it just brought me back to the time when I first watched it. I'm trying to remember if I watched it in the, mo- in the movie theater or it was just like at my grandma's house or grandma's house or something like that. But I wanted to point out that um, the the costumes and the music and like the whole vibe of it. Like it made me want to just go out and play like pretend Tron like I did when I was a kid. (laughs) Like, like grab a Frisbee and pretend to throw it like a disc. (laughs) Like, you know, there's a see-through. It's not like an actual Frisbee. It's actually, you can hold on to it like an actual disc, like a ring. I remember we had those. We used to play like that. Like we tried to like tape it on our back, pretend to to go around and (laughs) play Tron. But man, I, it is a. It's a definitely a movie that is sunk into my childhood. That it just brings me back to just memories, and it's just awesome to watch it again and take me back and be like a little kid. Um, I wanted to point out that the acting it was. Oh, what's his name? Um, Kev, Kevin Flynn. Yeah, he is a phenomenal actor in this movie. He was. I was really impressed. Like he made me really feel like what his situation was. 
I was really impressed by that. I'm out. All right, and this is my two minutes. Okay, so backstory. Like I said, this I say this way too often. I need to dial it back, but truly, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I've posted about this a lot before. I think this movie is perfect, so spoiler for the section later, I don't have a least favorite scene about this movie. It's so perfect to me. And I like I never saw it in theaters. I just remember my dad bought a Blu-ray player one time and he was so excited about like Blu-rays that he would go just like buy Blu-rays. Like he'd bring home movies I'd never even heard of before. And this was one of them. So I watched it with my brother and we have watched it, re-watched it so many times. We like know the lines. I know the action. I've listened to the soundtrack so many times that I can tell you just by like you tell me the title or just like a few beats from it. I can tell you what scene it goes with and like finish the rest of the song even though there's no lyrics. Like... <laughs> I'm so invested in this movie, and I want a sequel, but that's not the point of the podcast. I just, the music is phenomenal, the acting is phenomenal, the CGI was so ahead of its time, like Kate said, I'm so impressed with it. I feel like the type of story it was was ahead of the time. I really picked up on some themes this time around that I'd never, ever noticed before. It was always just a fun movie with sweet action and great quotable lines. Um, it's just a fun movie to enjoy over and over and over again. Um I have so many things to say about the music. I just think it's amazing how much Daft Punk was able to balance like the classical cinematic music that hits right the like the right emotional beats and like has the ability to influence your emotions and like understand the emotion of the scene while also maintaining like super technologic sounding like the grid music. Like it's just such an impressive balance. Oh man, I I just think it's so amazing the all, all the hard work that went into this film. Also, Sam Flynn was, like, the biggest role model to me when I was a kid. Like, I just thought he was the coolest guy, bro. I was like, I'm going to be like him, especially after he jumped off the building. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just such a fun movie to enjoy, and it's just incredibly impressive. Um, I just love the movie. So, I have a lot to say about it, but I'm sure my two minutes is up really soon. So, oh, look at that. All right, let's get back into our first segment of After Two Cents. We are into Pick Your Poison. This is a segment where we talk about if we would buy the movie, if we haven't seen it, if we have seen it, we would go over and pick three choices of our own between buying the movie again or recommending and buying it, renting the movie, or simply just never watching it again because it didn't live up to its expectation. Anyhow, I'll start with my poison. I'd say I would I would buy it because it's a classic. I'd say it's one of the classic movies because, like I mentioned again in my two cents, that it's a childhood movie of mine. And so I think that's that would I would convince my wife that I'd get this. Now, I she loves movies, and, and I've mentioned these couple of podcasts before that I'm having to convince my wife that, oh, I should buy this movie and this movie and this movie because <laughs> she, she has her own, like, you know, set of movies that she likes and it's a little different from what I like, but we want to just start collecting this major just list and massive cabinet of just movies that we can just pull out and watch whenever we want. And I say this is definitely a must for me because it just, I remember, it was, this was nine years ago when I watched it. I remember this was so awesome. So that's my poison I'm taking. My pick, my poison, I already kind of hinted to it. I would tell, I mean, I, I will totally buy this movie. Granted, I already do, but... Yeah, like like I said, it's just so rewatchable. I've had it for years, watched it for years. Like I honestly, no joke, I probably watch it like once a year. I know, wow. like I don't. I oh, I've watched this movie so many times with my brother. And I, I just, it's so rewatchable. Same thing with Kate. I want like a huge cabinet just devoted to movies, but I like this one's gonna be front and center. So I love this movie. Probably gonna like. I will say this before we get any further. I have like such an extreme extreme bias to this movie. If you can't tell, so I'm probably gonna be like way subjective in any review i give of this movie because i'm so biased towards it um so you know get your insulin out but <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that i love positivity <laughs> all right my pick my poison this is a great movie like i said in my two cents i i love it you know so i would definitely buy this and honestly i feel like if you haven't seen this movie yet I feel you like you really need to watch it. Like I'm asking you now, like please, like go out and watch it because I feel like you're just gonna enjoy it. Like whether you go in with like looking for like themes or things like how you want to, I don't know, change your life or even just like going for the action or just the music or just like the cool, the whole like I love the setting when they're in the grid. Yeah. The whole colors of like everything is like that dark grayish bluish tint, 
and then the only things that stick out are like the colors on their suits and like yeah. the discs. It just creates such a cool world that like totally it makes me wish I was there. Like yes. just the whole idea of like those disc wars. Like I if any co- if a company is out there that could just like recreate that and like if you get hit by the disc like you lose a life or whatever. You know, you don't actually like die, but like where you could actually like not. play in a disc war. That would be so much fun. I would totally love to be in that set. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna mention Oh, go ahead, I interrupted you. I know, yeah, but like anyways, so this this movie I just think it create like creates such a cool feeling and world that is just really fun to experience. So I would definitely buy this movie, like hands down. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I you just remind me when you're talking about someone should create a, like a disc war game. It reminds me like I would spend hours in the backyard by myself with my brother with friends like playing Tron with Frisbees. We would try to go to like a gym and like go run around the gym with Frisbees and never work. And finally we found out you just buy like smaller hula hoops and they like float through the air because they're so light and they also like bounce off walls. Like not obviously not as much as the discs in the movie, but like a little bit. So like we'd spend hours in the backyard throwing Frisbees at each other (laughs) or like in the church gym, we'd throw Frisbees or uh, hula hoops at each other to play Tron like. I've actually seen, like, there are these replicas you could buy online where it's, like, a legit disc that oh, lights sweet. up and everything, too. How I, come I don't own one of those? One year, my older brother, Stuart, he got he he dressed up like Tron. That's so cool. And he made, like, the suit with reflective duct tape. So oh, he had sweet. black sweats, a black shirt and everything, and he, like, made that design they have on their that's suits. Cool. And then yeah, he, had, he cool. bought... It was like a cheaper replica disc, but it was still really legit. It didn't glow or anything like that, but it was still just like way fun. It just like takes me back to like just good times and just being caught up in the world of Tron is tons of fun. Yeah. And I think even like, I I, I think I ought to say that for later. So So should we move into the next section of (laughs) binge points? Again, these are like details, Easter eggs fun things we noticed in the movie that have like no relevance on anything else they're just like fun to like just get excited and talk about so i'll start i mean there's not a ton of like details or easter eggs that i noticed in this movie especially not having seen the original tron trust me i know everyone is on my list but i haven't seen yet but like the rinsler is just such a boss i looked it up so this is just a cool detail the guy who does the voice of rinsler slash tron is the guy who did it in the original movie alan the guy's friend but the guy who did, like, the stunts and, like, was in the suit is some, like, crazy stunt double, like, parkourist person. He owns the record for, like, most corks. I think it was corkscrew flips in, like, a minute. Something like that. Holy crap. I don't know. Some, some about that. It was sweet. But, man, he's yeah, so cool. Yeah, all those flips were legit. <laughs> they were incredible and so cool to watch. Oh, like, that fighting scene. The scene where he jumps over Sam's disc and it's, like, slow-mo. Every time I get so high, like as as a, as a slow motion progresses, I just like my jaw just my jaw just drops lower and lower. It's like, oh my god, he lands, he lands, and then he ducks a little bit lower so the disc oh, can go oh, over him. He, it's just like, and he's not even looking too. Like the just, disc is rebounding off the wall, and he just, and he just knows, so he just like ducks his head, and he looks so up again. And you're sick. like, oh, <laughs> oh, even the scene where he like stands there and like splits the disc in half. He doesn't do anything. He's just like, <laughs> just strikes a sweet pose, like. <laughs> Wow, this is too cool. And then uh, Sam tries to split. <laughs> He's like, is that even legal? <laughs> well, like later after when he does that, He's like, when he jumps over the dish, he's like, man, why do I feel like I just got dunked on? <laughs> it's because everyone feels it, you know, yeah. when you're watching it. It's like, okay, he just threw it, and the dude just like totally just dodged it, like doing he this no dope flip. <laughs> like, dang it, I suck. Yeah. Other funny detail I noticed is when Sam gets taken down into the armory, and the, what is her name? The girl, Jam or? Yeah, it's like something like that. I don't remember. I told myself yeah, in my brain. Gem. Oh, Jim. Okay, I was right. So, Jim, when she like walks out, Sam looks at her like, makes some funny face. There's <laughs> a funny face like, we all busted up laughing. It's just like, like cutting his clothes off. He's like, there is a zipper. Oh, <laughs> there's a zipper. <laughs> oh, that was uh, awesome. But the look he gave her was just so funny. <laughs> I'd probably do the same thing, but it was hilarious. I don't know if you guys caught it, but like as they were, they're like checking his, they went back to like, get more of the equipment for his gear. You can tell, like, it's zoomed out, but you can tell he's kind of, like, just 
covering himself for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the freak's going on? Oh, I don't know, because I feel like if I was in that situation, I would act completely different. Yeah, he's just like... He's just chilling, like, all right, they're just going to put, like, some armor on me, no big deal. I'd just be like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, the other detail you remind me of, Kelton, the, when they put the armor on him, so it's obviously, like, practical, it's a practical, like, costume that he's wearing, a prop, but they, like, they just put section of it on him, and the rest, like, morphs appears, like, morphs on. It's, like, almost like Iron Man's suit. Yeah, kind Transformers. of. Transformers. It's yeah. so cool, I, and, like... I mean, it's the movie magic, but it was so cool to see how they combined like practical and digital effects for that scene. Oh, it was it was just so yeah, cool. like the detail on that suit. I could not tell you where the graphics and where the practical equipment stopped and begun. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it is so. so it's impossible to tell what part is actually graphic. You know what I'm saying? Other than like, okay, that part's moving. You know, but when you're looking at it as a whole, it all looks completely legitimate yeah way cool there harrison so you mentioned when you were talking just barely ha- about the original tron movie so i've 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 watched it but i don't think i watched it completely uh-huh. i could not tell you what exactly happens in the plot and everything like that but i do remember certain scenes and to be honest it was pretty hard for me to watch the original tron movie because I have like a weakness, and if it's any movie that's like black and white or old, or just like bad graphics, it's like an insta turn off for me, which <laughs> is probably bad. Like I've been proved wrong many times on certain movies that I'm like, oh wow, this probably sucks, and then I watch like, dude, that was sick. <laughs> so it's like, so I, I was a little confused at certain parts. Well, I wasn't necessarily confused. I would say it was I wanted more of an explanation and understanding over certain details or references and i'm sure that most of them are answered in the original tron movie yeah so if i were to give any advice to anyone if you i feel like if you want to completely enjoy tron legacy which you know is a sequel it makes sense to watch the first one <laughs> you should probably watch yeah the first one. <laughs> but i would definitely watch it because i feel it'd be really cool to pick up on different references because yeah. i'm sure some of those just went completely over my oh, head so yeah. yeah like for instance there was the it's, it's um Kevin Flynn's light cycle. That was the original cycle in the original 1982 film. I believe yeah. that. I believe that's the right year. But the action, the action figures, the every like poster in the movie that you oh. see, it was just that was the I was what was the movie back in 1982. And so there's just crazy amount of references in to that movie because of course it is a sequel, obviously, but. I wanted to point out a, a, um, a reference, um, and it was the sound effects. So a lot of the sound effects that were made in this movie actually were used back in the 1982 movie. They were just kind of remastered. So when there was a point, if I believe it's when the guy, it's when Sam Flynn is like, he beats those two guys in the Disc Wars, and he's like, hey, I'm out. And he's running across the top of uh, another battle, and the one guy looks up like, "What's going on?" And he gets taken out. That noise was as an example of one of those from the from the original movie. That is way cool. Oh, sp- I did not know that. yeah, that is amazing. Like the, the, I was gonna say this as well, and I forgot to my two cents. Not just like the music, <coughs> goodness gracious, but the not just the music, but also just the sound design of this movie, like. Kellen mentioned the the plane s- scene earlier. Like when they turn on the light, oh, they co- it's like, pew, pew. Great you know, such oh, a cool God. sound. <laughs> it is so cool. But the other thing that Kate reminded me of, I can't praise this movie enough for the visual effects. Like when Sam ends up in the discourse for the first time and he looks over and he sees the person get derezzed, like the very first person, oh, yeah. that like slow-mo where he's like, Digital the disc light. goes through him and he's like transforming into little pieces. It feels like it's you're looking at 3D <coughs> pixels, like disintegrating. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, it's that's so a, cool. Oh, it was amazing. Every time I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, there's some movies that you watch, trying to go on attention, there's some movies you watch like, oh, clearly that's visual effects and it's bad, or like, oh, that's visual effects and that looks cool, or like, you just can't tell because the visual effects are so good that it like doesn't even cross your mind, it's just a part of the movie. But like this one, I like notice the visual effects in a good way, where it's like, that was so amazing that I didn't notice it. And it fit perfect with the movie. Did you guys watch this movie in 3D? Because I watched segments of it, and that specific scene, like the the kid goes just like kind of 
burst and it's like comes right at you and the discs like seems flying at your face so So cool this was even like another moment when they so when they're on the planes and they're fighting (laughs) there's a part after they get behind after going up super high and they get behind the other like one of the the jets and sam or cora takes him out with the machine gun there's a part where it shows like she hits him in the head and like right where his face is it's just like a hole and you could just see like all the pixels of like where it should be exactly like how you think a video game would be like if you, so like, it's like oh this is so cool to watch <laughs> and like every time there's like a crash it just like blows into pixels and everything or even the scene where on um, like the light cycle battle the way that like the light almost like splashes like it's liquid oh now. yeah like there's a one scene where the guy um he like gets knocked out like the guy punches him in the face clue does punches him in the face oh, and he turns yeah. on his bike like super fast and he crashes into the wall the like liquid light from his bike like bounces up against the wall it looks so impressive yeah i just think super it's amazing cool. super creative a lot of fun to watch. quick tangent we so we just posted on our twitter about how we admitted that we used to listen that we still listen to the tron legacy soundtrack and we had a response from corso Litaris. he's you remember him? He so he says this was on repeat for some time, and it was that end credit soundtrack, it's and so we cool. could not agree more to that. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is so true. My favorite s- song from the soundtrack is the Outlands one. Okay, this is my other binge point. Well, no, I'll save that for later. But the soundtrack from when Cora comes and rescues him from the light cycle battle, then drives him to go see his dad. That song is so sweet. I just can't say enough. I just think it's so impressive how Daft Punk was able to balance. The typical emotional beats of a movie. Like, music in a movie is meant to cause you to feel a certain emotion. And they were able to do that with, like, such futuristic and cool sound. Like, the scene where S- Sam, in the real world, runs away on his bike. Oh. That sweet scene at the beginning. Like, it's some, like, curious, like, mystic, like, rebel sound that, like, makes you feel that same emotion. But it's so futuristic, for lack of better words. Oh, that's also a cool scene. Where he, like, jumps the thing with his bike. Oh so yeah! Every time, that, every time this movie makes me want a motorcycle. Oh so yeah, just <laughs> give myself a Ducati, dude. <laughs> but so quick tangent, this just popped into my head. But I totally say it's a binge point. So you guys know the song "The Grid." Yeah. Like when it's it's Flint. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> every time I I hear that song, I like quote it word for word because it's so much fun. Like the circuits were like freeways. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I thought I'd never see. <laughs> Yeah, to get the pause rising. Like, no, one, one day, I got, I got it. it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I remember as a janitor, I used to just jam out and stop working, just like quote that and then continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Those are see this whole soundtrack to Tron is the kind of music where you can get shiz done listening to like homework or if you're working, or you could totally just like chill watching like driving a car or even like falling asleep to some of these songs and oh and every time i i listen to end of line or fall i get so hyped because it's so intense right after spoiler right after the flins get betrayed by Uh zeus and they have to like bounce and cora gets like her arm cut off and everything just oh i just always think of that scene and how intense it is you know You, you just like feel that like stress and like the anxiety to get the heck out of there and you know like leave oh. before and oh yeah it's it's incredible the whole soundtrack just like takes me on a roller coaster of emotion so clearly the soundtrack's really good in case anybody didn't catch up one night definitely <laughs> oh yeah Jack punk you are amazing so agreed all right anyone else have any more binge points uh there's like I, it's a binge point but i want to save it for a segment later so all right i don't have any Cade, you got any i think i'm good all right yeah i I know I had more, but I forgot them. But if I remember them, I'll holler them out. So. Oh wait, I actually I do have something. All right, here the we whole, go. Like plane scene, this just is so fun. Like Cora getting excited flying a plane, like the boss. The visuals of it, how like the jets that the bad guys are on are like super small. It's yeah. so sweet. The like Sam getting hyped about the turret, or like the scene where this the part where Jeff Bridges, I guess Kevin Flynn, is like, where'd you learn that move back there? He's like, oh. Income Tower a couple days ago. <laughs> he like gets all excited and tells Dad. He's like, oh, I think Tower. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I got to say that one for favorite scene, but you made me think of something else. What was it? Give me a second. Oh, my gosh. What were you talking about again? I was talking about 
jumped off Encom Tower. Before that. And he was loving the turret. And then he said, like, where'd you learn that where'd move? Where'd you learn that move? Okay, before that, prank. Cora was flying the jet like a boss. The jet, oh, the jets are way small that they're in. <sighs> hey, it's, it's I gone. hate forgetting, dude. It's gone. Uh, it's gone. If I remember, I'll holler, but. All right. Any other binge points before we move on? No. All right, that transitions us to the next segment, which is Leasts and Likes. This is where we all take a moment to explain, if we have one, our least favorite scene and our favorite scene, or moment, or line, or song, whatever fits the category. So I will start us off with, we usually start off with our Leasts. So... This is a hard one to say I have a least favorite scene, but I remember I had one, but I'm still kind of reeling from not remembering my binge point, so anyone want to help me out and take the mic for a sec? <laughs> I don't have a least favorite scene, so... Okay, <laughs> that throws it least to you. Well, there was, uh... It's just like any sort of scene that's like in the real world. Just like, it's just disappointing because I know what's, what's going to happen. But there was a point where, um... He's like the I, I got a, I got one. It's when like the guard real. It's the guard for like the whole income tower. Like it's a huge was it five billion dollar company that they mentioned something like that. You, you guys got one guard for that whole security stuff. This copy and he spills it. This is fat dude. dude. Yeah, and he like runs after him and <laughs> like you'd expect some kind of other like security, security breach. Like they, had, they had like some tech some tech. They, they, keep, had, they had they had guards later, like when he was up on the crane. There were some other guards. Like, what the heck were they? It's like you guys just short staffed or something. I don't know, but it was like, dang, like the guards that dumb, and and so that whole point where it was hilarious to see his like little, you know, his annual prank that he gives on the company. But I was like, I feel like they, the whole point where he falls off the building, that was cool. But leading up to that, that whole point where it's like, wow, that was. Like they could have done something a little bit like a little more with that because they didn't have to really base it off of the whole the previous um previous movie in 1982 so i feel like they could have gone somewhere with that because it was just like it felt like it felt there was a lack of dialogue and they're trying to like be fast with it so i was kind of like that's okay well anyway just try to move on from that to get to the tron dope stuff but that's my that's my least favorite. You I, do you have anything going? Because Cade remind me of some binge points from. I don't know. Uh, I kind of do have something, but you should probably say now before you forget it. So. <laughs> so I noticed in the meeting at the very beginning, there are two things about it. First, Alan, he's the only one wearing not black. Like everyone else in that scene is wearing oh, yeah. black, and he's wearing gray. It's cool. Pick, decide what you think that means. But I thought that was cool. The other thing is, I think it's kind of interesting how they talk about how Os. Sam Flynn, like he's the son of Kevin Flynn, and what is he gonna do? And then he runs away, and and like they keep hinting at like they're gonna give him re- some reveal, like he's running late for this meeting and he's supposed to be there. Like they just kept hinting at showing him, which I, I thought was funny, and it, it was never him. He's busy pranking him. Anyway, go ahead, Kelvin. Yeah. So I'd say, <sighs> why, dude? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, it was right there. Give me a second. Okay. Yes. 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 So when my least. It's not really a scene. It's just like, okay, what just happened? Like, why? Um, it's when um, Kevin Flynn does this whole meditation thing on the train. Like, what is happening? Because he says, like, I'm going to go bang on the sky, like, listen for the sounds or whatever. Like, what the heck is that talking about? <laughs> like, I was so lost, and they don't, like, explain it at all. And I don't really, I don't get the vibe why he does, like, his whole meditation thing. And then he, like, yells at, like, um... Sam, he's like you're ruining my whole like Zen vibe or something. Messing with my Zen thing, man. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really get that. I didn't see how it was like necessarily part of the story or critical to um, Kevin's arc. But maybe it was just to show kind of his way of coping, and because you know he's so by himself is- and he's like the only user, and he saved the last. Um, what is it, the ISO? ISO. Yeah. Isomorphic. Yeah. Something. He saved the last ISO. He's like alone. He just wants to get back to his family. So maybe it's just his way of coping. 
I I don't know. I didn't really like it. I thought it was kind of weird. I have so much to say about that, but I, I will save it for Fallen. I will okay. fall in, but like it's I'll just kind of mention a little bit is that just imagine that you're just stuck and you're all by yourself. So like I'm pretty sure he was like he got he there was a point where he got darn well close to losing his mind down there. Is that there there were so many things about like the grid that wasn't like real life to where he might like you might be thinking that it was just all in his head or it just he couldn't stand it it was driving him nuts or so so maybe that was like how he coped with it like you mentioned that was what i was thinking but but I'll say sorry so before i forget i just want to throw this thing out you could be considered like favorite scene or binge point but i'm gonna go with binge point when they're eating around the table like right when sam like meets his dad again that awful family conversation at the it's dinner so table is hilarious he's like so you got a girlfriend he's like i got a dog and he's like Dogs are cool. <laughs> like, Dogs are cool. You can just tell he's it's totally dog. like, really, son? Your life is shiz, and this is what you're doing? <laughs> like, or like, he's like, until I dropped job? out, and Corn's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, she looks around. like, not reading the room, crap. <laughs> and then he's like, you got a job? And he's like, nope. <laughs> it just made me laugh, because it was totally making fun of the whole catching up with family and Maybe not necessarily. I don't want to get too deep here, but maybe not necessarily living up to the expectations of family and everything. Or even just like not knowing what to say and how like dumb we are. Like you haven't seen your son for ten years and you're gonna ask him if he has a job and is going to school. Like, and if he has a girlfriend or everything. I, I mean, think there's so many more important things to tell him in that situation. <laughs> but I, mean, I like that scene. I think it like. I I it, I think it shows a lot of the the relationship between. Sam and Kevin, and how really how far behind they are. It's like when you go see your distant cousin at that one Christmas party, and you're like, "Oh, hey, oh, hey what you doing? <laughs> you, know, you have a girlfriend? Like, you in school? <laughs> you in school? Yeah, especially at our age group right now. Like, oh, anytime yeah. I meet someone, I'm like, oh, so are you in school? Yep. Yeah, it's like my <laughs> yep. Don't know what to say. Anyways, yeah. So I don't. I feel like. Oh, and the other least favorite thing. I wish. They kind of played off more of the the beginning, like Disc Wars and Light Cycle Battle. I feel like it could have been done a little more and make it a little more... I don't know. I don't know what I want necessarily, but I, I felt like I really liked those scenes and I didn't get enough of them. The plane fight was perfect, but I when I think of Tron, I think of the Light Cycle like the every time wars. in the Disc Wars. I would have liked it, maybe built it up more intense in the beginning of that tournament to survive and everything. Because that would, I mean, for the sake of the story, you had to go by pretty quick, but um, I thought it was a little too fast for me. I but. agree. Like, I, I think the movie does a really good job, because some movies, particularly with action, when you're trying to tell a story, like, you can get bogged down, like, oh, we got to have an action scene, but, like, you kind of lose the story. Yeah. So, like, the movie gets boring during the story, and then the story gets lost during the action. And I feel like this movie balances it all perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, and never is it boring, and, and like the never is action too long that you lose the story, and and like it's constantly adding to the story. But I agree, like I still wish that there was some way to have more because yeah. it's just so cool. Like it's a perfect balance. I don't want them to change it in that way, but I want to see more. Yeah, just because it's so much fun, and like it'd be cool to see Sam kind of maybe suck more at first, and then get really good and have like a throwdown with with Rinsler and stuff. Like yeah. I would love and that. Think- That's just sucker for movies. Yeah, and going off of what Harrison said, I kind of, it, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, agree and disagree that the action really helped the story progress. But I think there was there was a few points in the beginning of the sh- in the movie where it was like the non-action scenes where I was like, okay, I I felt like watching it now. I felt like maybe they should have invested more into the story in the beginning because they kind of tried to they tried to really. It was kind of a hole almost. Slow down. Yeah, it was a slow Right down. after they get betrayed by Zeus when they're on that train thing traveling. I mean, they they, they kind of talk. Oh, this brings me up another like dislike. The whole... They're talking about like when Sam is talking about like the real world. He's like the, the glaciers are melting and like the rich are becoming richer and the poor are becoming poor. I just thought it was like a weird vibe coming out like... Um, during that, and I didn't. It, I I don't think it was necessary in the movie at all. So it did like slow down a lot right there. So I, I agree. With you. That's interesting because actually, <laughs> I like that you agree with me. But like that point, I actually was satisfied when they had that conversation where they're trying to catch up a little bit. Because he sees his son, and he's like, gives a big hug. He's like, "You're here." 
we'll talk at we'll, we'll, we'll talk at dinner and it's like yeah. okay and then the dinner talk's like really awkward and then he's like let's do nothing and just sit here and be trapped in this game and then like finally when he gets the grip of himself and they're on that train thing and they're talking finally can catch up like i thought that was pretty that was pretty important in catching up but the way they did it they couldn't have, they could have done better about it it's like they could have referenced a bunch of other stuff they mentioned he mentioned like oh the celtics and lakers are back at it again mm-hmm. and like you know rich getting richer poor getting poor so like, it seems like sam was disconnected but i feel like they could have mentioned some more stuff like the guy was gone for how long 20 years something like that so it was they could they could have went somewhere really fun with that but they were kind of trying to i don't know what they're trying to do there but i was satisfied by that conversation but it left a weird taste in my mouth about it i think it like showed their desire to have a conversation but the ability to open up emotionally to one another like if my dad disappeared for 10 years and i thought he just left me alone I'd want to say so many things to him if I saw him again. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that I wouldn't be able to immediately. Yeah, but I could tell my, I could feel myself longing to talk to him. So I'd say stupid things like, Celtics and Lakers are back at it again. <laughs> but, you know, no, you so really, I like... No, you don't really watch like, I know, Dad, I don't really think we're basketball fans, but <laughs> just in case you're wondering... Like that's feel- true. I didn't. That's a very good point. I I think I actually flipped my stance on that. You convinced me. So, I, dude, I can convince you to like every scene of this movie. I've watched it so many times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes a lot more sense because you know you probably lose trust. You're hurt. All the emotional damage that was done, and it's not going to be healed just like that. It's like, hey, dad, like the other day I was doing this, and it just like hit me really hard, and like what should? I-? Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's just going to get that weird small talk again, kind of learning how to have a dad again yeah and like just because this guy was your dad doesn't mean that like you're just forever emotionally connected that in a given moment you can just be connected emotionally again especially after years of thinking he was gone yeah good point and we're kind of accidentally falling in so um i think we're ready to have our or no, 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 just kidding. <laughs> I haven't shared what my favorite scene is. <laughs> oh, we haven't even touched favorite scenes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you okay. go first. Alright, favorite scene. Oh, there's so many. Okay, honorable mention. I don't even know if I could have an honorable mention. So two favorite scenes, the whole plane scene. Wow, that is so dope. I love it. And then number two is when Sam gets betrayed by Zeus and they're like the bad dudes show up and they start fighting him. And when Kevin shows up and touches the ground, just the music and everything goes dark. When he looks up, I got so many chills. I was like, he's here, the creator. Like, it was just so cool. And then, like, the good guys start kicking butt and wrecking the bad guys. Oh, it's so cool how the tides turn. Oh, yeah. It, It just, you literally felt like, okay, he created this place. He has power, you know, like this dude's OG. He's about to wreck some days. So I, I love that scene. Just the whole, he looks up and everything's dark and just the music. Just like, oh. So definitely yeah. favorite right there. My favorite, I'd say it would be the flashback scene when they're like having dinner and he's like, so, or they're sitting around the digital fire, which by the way, the fire was kind of cool looking yeah, at it. it. <laughs> but the point where then it's a flashback and it's how he cl- created Clue and what was wrong with Clue and the, and the ISOs. And, and then the, when Clue ambushes, um, Tron and Kevin and then Tron just goes ham like that fight scene was pretty dope I will admit that was like I was pretty satisfied with that but I love the the bikes just that whole like just taking them out how they keep jumping in slow motion with the light trail behind it so sick I love that that's just that's a classic one because and I'd say I was going to say that that when they they find out that Zeus betrays them that point where there's a fight scene and Whatever her name is shows up to Cora saves it shows up to save Sam and I didn't really like the choreography with the fighting scene so I'd say the fight scene with it with the flashback that was better in my opinion. My favorite scene. And it's just yeah, yeah really though but if I have to pick one it's probably the scene I quote in my head a ton the scene where the whole light cycle scene. Like, from the moment that Clue runs and, like, his light bike shows up, that part's so cool. That whole scene all the way until the point where Korra comes in with the dune buggy thing 
and like tells Sam to get in. And she's like, get in. <laughs> it's so cool. And then she makes it like she goes and make the jump and he's like, Bob, man, you can't make it. Made it. Made like, <laughs> that's my favorite scene. Just the whole made it scene. And then later he jumps out and he's like, made it. It's just, it's just a sweet callback. But that, so that one, and then the honorable mention would be the plane scene. Like, every time, that, especially that. when they're flying. And like, I, I, again, knowing this movie so well, I like knew the scene was coming where they turn on the lights behind them, the light trails. And I was like, here it comes. And I was like, Whoa! I think there's, there's a scene in that when uh, the Rinsler. Where takes out yeah, yeah, like it. what's his name clue. Oh, yeah clue I, there's a part where it shows where they're the like sam and all of them they're in their plane and they're spiraling down mm-hmm. and uh clue is behind him in like the light trail and you could see rinsler coming from the side i wanted to like pause it and just like acknowledge everything cool it just it was so cool looking oh yeah because they're like it like like these spires around them it's like it looks like there's like rain and stuff and like it just looks so cool, the spiral light trails and like just coming. Oh, it was so cool. I, I almost interrupted you because I thought you were gonna mention which this scene, which is my all-time favorite line scene from like any movie ever. I will forever stand by this. This or that other one in Spider-Man: Homecoming, but particularly the scene where um, Rinsler is flying. I guess at Tron at this point, he's flying. Like he, Clue tells him to take the shot, and he just like pulls away, and then he's flying in to come wreck Clue. And he just says, I fight for the users. Like every time I know it's coming and it like gives me this like feeling in my gut that makes me feel like I could accomplish anything in the world. Like it's it's uncomparable the feeling that line gives me every time. Oh, it's such a cool scene. A quick so. shout out towards Rinsler slash Tron. I love how when he fell in the water, his lights go out and then they turn on back blue. Like I love that. That made me so happy. Yeah. Just like Tron. Yeah, he's sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, well. I think we're ready for fall in, finally, dude. Like, Even though we did it like three times We've on accident. We've fallen in and out a million times, okay? <laughs> so here we are, fall in. This is the point where we dive into just hidden messages and like just things that we connected to. Because like we said before in our previous episode, connections are underrated. And this is where we really bring everything together and talk about like our personal lives and how we relate to this movie and how this movie really tries to show off messages that they wanted to get across and just... Like we say, fall in. Let's get started. One thing I wanted to point out was um, the relationship between Sam and Kevin is that it's this. It used to be this great relationship when he was a kid, and now it's you know cut off suddenly, and now it's come back, and now it's really choppy. Is that it was? I wanted them to play catch up because I. It's just I love the the little conversation that they have, but they. He, he was hard for him to communicate because he's never really communicated with anybody or this is in Kevin's case he's never communicated with anybody who's uh, human for quite some time so he's like he doesn't really know how to really respond or any, any kind of the social cues is that when I keep forgetting her name Cora Cora she goes to talk to him saying that we have a visitor and he's like all knowledgeable and all knowing and how he's like you don't have visitors and he he's kind of, seems kind of like this like this big wise guy and he turns around and he, like, he turns back to this kid who's back in the 1980s. It's like, ruining with my zen, man. Or like, that was radical, dude. Or stuff like right. those phrases. So you could tell that he isn't really living in present time. He's still back in 1980s. Which is, you know, why he, which is why I think why he's doing all the zen thing and the meditation is that like, that was, that was all he knew as far as like what would help him get through this pretty traumatizing thing where it completely changed his life. And ended up ending his life, and so I the I don't know if any I don't think you've seen Ad Astra yet, no. but it's there's a, it's a father there's a father and son son relationship in that movie, and this movie actually reminds me of that relationship in Ad Astra, because mm, Sam Flynn just wants his dad back, but his dad is this guy is out trying to accomplish something great. And so that reminded me of that. I thought that was really interesting. Would Would you agree, Harrison? Is kind of- yeah, I had the same thought, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this reminds me of the, the ending of Ad Astra, but better done. Like that. Spoiler for Ad Astra. I love that movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, no, it doesn't spoil. Oh, okay. oh, just my feelings about it. Okay, spoiler, but not spoiler. Yeah, spoiler, but not spoiler. <laughs> okay. Spoiler feelings. Yeah. Okay. 
I love that movie. I think it's phenomenal. But the end of it, like, I understand what they were doing at the end, but I didn't like it. In the theater, I was like, oh, man, like, I knew they were going to do this. Couldn't they have done it a better way that I would have liked better? And this movie, I similar thing. I'm like, I like this ending. So maybe it's, my, again, my extreme bias. Who knows? But but Ad Astro is a great movie. Recommend that if you have not seen it. So I have a bunch to say about this movie. But you want to go, Kel? Uh, no, you go ahead. So there's a lot of themes that I love about this movie. The perf- the first one I want to talk about to respond to what you were saying about, like, when he's like, you're messing with my Zen thing, man. And then he says he's going to go, like, knock on the sky or whatever he says. I don't remember. Sounds, Listen to the sounds. So, man, this is a complicated thing. So this movie, I think, has a lot to say, obviously, about, like, perfection. Flynn even says that to Clue at the end, and, like, what perfection is. But so, so backstory, explanation... Kevin Flynn goes into the grid and creates a program that knows one purpose, and his one purpose is to create, quote, the perfect system. So that's his objective, and I'll get into the ISO things in a second, but his his uh, his purpose-driven mentality of accomplishing perfection causes him to do some pretty horrible things and, like, become the villain of the show or the movie. And then Kevin Flynn is in a world where everything that's bad happens because of his failures. Like, he created Clue. His ability to understand perfection and progression caused him to live in a world. So, like, every single day, think about, like, having to wake up and remember, like, this crappy situation I'm in is because of me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll get a lot into it more later, but, like, having so bluntly to deal with your imperfections every single day. Like, you're stuck in a cave. You can't be with your family because you messed up. And so I think that like living with that extreme guilt for years, you'd have to find some way to cope. And I think his Zen, for lack of better words, is like the way his meditation, whatever it is, is like his ability to control one thing or like deal with his guilt. And I think when things get out of control or bad happens, he kind of loses his ability to maintain focus because he's not meditating. That was like a super horrible explanation of it because... I picked up on it way more in the movie. So I, I guess I'll talk about the first theme I noticed, which is imperfection. So like Clue destroyed the ISOs because they were imperfect. He saw them as a flaw. And I think that like to him, especially when you enter the grid, like every program has to have a purpose. If it doesn't have a purpose, it's either sent to the games or um, rectified to become part of his army and then therefore have a purpose. So like if something doesn't have a purpose, it's destroyed. Everything has to have a perfect a purpose and that's clue's idea of perfection and also i think his idea of perfection of course is without flaw like the reason that the programs are destroyed when their body is injured is because a flaw is introduced into that program with a purpose and that flaw prevents the purpose from being accomplished perfectly so therefore just like does not compute destroyed like derez like just completely shut down because any form of imperfection is introduced like they're imperfection intolerant if that makes sense we're like oh, not go going off of that. I just had a realization of that. What if in this movie they had a point where Clue gets injured and he's no longer a program that's essentially quote unquote perfect in his eyes, and that he has this like flaw? Like, what would his reaction would be? Because he's so big about perfection, is that something has to have a purpose, and there's no obvious flaw to it. So I wonder what he'd do if that was the case. If they kind of changed up the story a little bit, but. But another thing is that they had a, had a realization that with um, Kevin Flynn is that he was so guilty and he was stuck in this cave with, away from his family and he has this guilt, this, this guilt that he has to live with for pretty much his, the rest of his life is that he turned to Kira and told, taught her everything, like taught her all this stuff. And so I think maybe it'd be really cool for a sequel to have that relationship to where Sam's still kind of bitter against her, his father that he left. He just sacrificed himself to get me out, but I still need my father. Like he was just so obsessed with the stupid game, and he's kind of like against it. But then, like seeing how what Kira knows is that, Cora. or Cora, sorry, what Cora knows, it kind of teach, it will show Sam that this is what your father was and what he missed out on. I think that'd be interesting. I mean, that would that be interesting. Would be interesting but. Sorry. Sorry. Continue. Oh, so I was just talking about how they're imperfection intolerant. But when Cora is injured, not being a program, being an ISO, she's not derezzed. Like her arm just falls off. And later, 
Kevin is able to go in and remove the imperfection from the code, like, she doesn't, like, shut down and, like, is derez and, like, does not compute, just, just self-destruction. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to shut down, like, I don't, I don't understand how to work with this imperfection. And then later, Flim is able to remove it and reintroduce it, and she's fine. And, like, to clue the ability to survive with imperfection present was just, like, does not compute, like, destroy it. Where, like, us as humans, everything about us is imperfect. Like, that, our essence of living is dealing with imperfection. And I think that, that that what Kevin Flynn was saying at the end is, like, perfection, and in my personal opinion, what I get about it is perfection is a lot more than just the absence of flaw, but I think it's the overcoming and improvement over flaw. Like, that's much more perfection to me than just, like, oh, I've just, like, eliminated all f- essence of flaw in my life. Everything's perfect. It has a purpose. It's, I don't know, I just thought it was pretty profound and and to think, like, it's it's there's a phrase that I love called desirable difficulties. How our imperfections give us the ability to improve to reach greater perfection. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just one of my favorite things to talk about, and that like you're able to continue on with imperfections and overcome them. And like, like I love the line where Sam says he's like, "Go get us some wheels and figure out what to do." And and Flynn looks at him. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "I don't know. I'm a user. I'll improvise." Like. The ability to not have everything purposeful and planned out and improvise and 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 work with and adjust is a profound gift of humanity. Yeah, I think. I think that's one thing that's really important is that in humanity that perfection is an unknown variable. So that you you have to so now you have to deal with all these imperfections in that being perfect is you knowing how to deal with those and moving forward in spite of those. Yeah, so I think better responding to what you said, Kelton, Kevin Flynn, having had imperfection, gives up all, in, like, because of a mistake, gives up all hopes. Like, he even says sometimes life has a way of moving you past well, past wants and hopes. Like, he just totally gives up on that because of imperfection. Like, I made a mistake, no, I'm just going to give up. Granted, his scenario is a little more drastic, drastic than ours, but... Yeah. I think I, I did want to dive into that as well, like the the whole theme of perfection, but also what Kevin said about the human condition, like the line he says, um, he wanted to create a digital frontier to reshape the human condition. So for those of you who don't know the human condition, I have it Googled up right here, and it says, the characteristics, key events, and situations which compose the essentials of human existence, such as birth, growth, emotionality, aspiration conflict and morality another way is like defined as the positive or negative aspects of being human so i think i really like you you guys kind of touched on it just barely but i really like the idea of how you guys mentioned perfection and how i feel like perfection is kind of impossible when you try to recreate it and how there's and how Kevin really wants to create a perfect world and change, you know, the human condition or to reshape the human condition um, using, you know, the stuff he found on the grid. But I really feel like um, being able to have the human condition makes you perfect. And not in a way that's like um, what we kind of generally tend to associate the word perfect with. But that our ability to experience different emotions, have different more uh, values and moralities, and and to be able to experience life differently, that's what I believe the human condition is, and I believe that that itself is perfect. Um, that when you actually think about it, like our ability to live life, I believe is perfect. Yes, we're gonna like make mistakes and. And go through different problems and challenges. But I think the essence of like life itself and our ability to be human is perfect. Because that's what like makes life so incredible to experience. Like I look back on my own life and how there have been some freaking crappy moments. And times where I'm, I just hate it. And I have terrible weeks and I question... Um, like how I look at the world, what I believe, what I want to do, what my goals are. And, but I think back on it now and like those experience experiences really changed me to be who I am today. 
And I am like profoundly grateful for those experiences. And I feel like if I were to strive for perfection in the same way that Clue does, I would basically be, you know, it's I feel like it's just like a dictatorship and how perfection is saying there's only a one way to do things and that's it. But I feel like this movie really helps to show that being human itself is perfect. And But not, like I said, not in the way that we all think perfection means. But I feel like the human life, with all of its aspects and like elements, creates the perfect experience. And the, I, in my opinion, the perfect human condition. Oh, I, so I completely agree with you. There's a lot of lines that stood out to me this time. Like, particularly when Sam, like, goes back to the grid and tries to find Zeus. And Flynn is telling Kor that he's got to go, and he's like, Chaos! finally good news and like living in a world controlled by someone like clue chaos and like which i believe the human condition is so chaotic like mm-hmm. everything that you described in that definition that google provided like everything about it's chaotic yeah and and like that is that is living and it's so much better than i can ever possibly imagine living in a world controlled by clue would be and so i don't know that line stood out to me but also like later when clue f- confronts flynn and he's like i executed the plan and I think there's this quote that I love as a little Christian, but forgive me. It says, um, if you ever want to make God laugh, make a plan. And I think it's because life and the human condition is so unplanned and uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And that like, if we just simply execute the plan in striving for per- perfection, we're either going to like eliminate everything positive and, or just like totally self-destruct. And the ability to improvise, as Sam said, is so much better. Like the ability to adjust and react and be involved in the human condition is so perfect in imperfection. I I just love that. I honestly feel like I could spend like another hour just talking about like this and how it could like morph and shape how I view things or how I process experiences or change. I don't know. It's a really cool subject to talk about. Yeah, particularly the... uh, I, I the phrase I love it is uh, desirable difficulties. There's a book that I read that had a whole chapter devoted to that, and he taught and like he gave a few examples. And one that personally related to me is dyslexia, and I'm dyslexic. And he was talking about how you wouldn't wish dyslexia on one of your kids. Like the ability to like making reading and writing and basic like functions of living so much more difficult. You definitely would not wish that on your kids. But you might because by having that difficulty, you have to grow and you have to progress and learn different skills and adapt differently than anybody else. So those advantages that you gain because of those difficulties are desirable that could not have been learned without those difficulties. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like I could talk about this forever, particularly dyslexia, but like there are certain ways to read or to understand a story or to talk to people or to write or to communicate that I have learned that I wouldn't have without having had dyslexia and not being able to mm-hmm. normally the way most people do and having to learn how to adapt on my own and dyslexia isn't the only one there's so many desirable difficulties of the human condition that progress us in our in our journey towards perfection and I just think it's amazing yeah. I, think it's a, I, don't, I don't know about you guys but I think it's a really good place to let everyone think and process yeah. in that on. Anyone else want to add anything? I think the human condition should never be altered because imperfection is what creates the positivity. And I think a really cool like magnet quote you could put on your fridge back home is perfection is perspective. Yeah. Like I feel everyone has a different idea of what your perfect life would be like. And that's completely what a user is in a program that's written so perfectly and everything has a cue and a plan and everything. And I love how Flynn says the clue. He's like, you couldn't understand. Perfection is unattainable, but it's right in front of us all the time. Exactly. And you didn't, you wouldn't know that because I didn't when I created you. And I think that perspective is something that's constantly changing. And I think it's something that gives us an incredible advantage over anything else. Like the line where Cora says, I've seen what users can do and you don't belong with them when she's talking to Clue. And I think it's our ability... It's the ultimate roast of all time. Yeah, it's like our ability... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But it's like our ability to have a perspective and have it change and have it progress while we all are. Man, we could talk about this forever, but Will, what was that quote that you said? Perfection Perfection is perspective. perspective. We'll let you think about that. Thanks for listening.
and tweet at us like cool ideas that that makes you think about because yeah. we'd love to hear from it it's a different perspective yeah we'd love to hear your perspective so and also consider subscribing this is our last uh week of the break before we jump back into the mcu phase two baby i'm so excited i haven't seen those for a while so it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast so please download the podcast share it with your friends and again consider subscribing thanks for listening guys what it do baby uh peace out home dog ciao ciao mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.